0: What is the premise of purpose? Why are we here? And how do some people make so much impact in their lifetime while others exist on autopilot? This is where we explore all things revolutionary in business mindset and your everyday life. Welcome to the premise of purpose, the place where we share with you insights from successful people all around the world who found their purpose and are living it every day. They've gone from ordinary to extraordinary, and we get to find out how. I'm Anna Greybaugh, President and Founder of New Coach Empire and your host. Today we have Justin Schenk, an entrepreneur, speaker, and the host of the top-rated podcast The Growth Now Movement. He has been named a Top 8 Podcaster to follow by Inc. Magazine, featured in Thrive Global and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. Justin's podcast has grown to become a podcast that is currently played in over 100 countries every single week, and he has gone on to help countless people grow their brands and businesses through podcasting. He is also the host and creator of one of the go-to events for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers, the Growth Now Summit Live. He's also an incredible person with a huge heart and great sense of humor, whom I've had the fortune of knowing for a little while. So welcome, Justin. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That was such a sweet intro at the little at the end there. Like so many people, you know, read the bio and then it was it was very, very nice of you to say. So thank oh, you.
0: Thank you. Well, I know you and I adore you. So I had to put something in there so people know you're not just this impressive resume. <laughs> you're you're a really cool person. So Justin, tell us what is your purpose?
1: Yeah, I believe my purpose in this lifetime is to let people know that it doesn't matter where you come from. what matters is the choices you make today to create a better tomorrow for yourself and the world. Uh, just because of some of the things that I've been through in my life and have been able to overcome, you know we realize that the past just doesn't define us. And I think the more that I'm able to share that and reach more people, I think it changes the mindset of so many people.
0: Amazing. So where did you come from then? That's the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I always jokingly say if there was a senior superlative for least likely to succeed, it would have been me. Uh, in high school, at had a 1.7 GPA. My mom was in the middle of a 20-year opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. And so when you look at that, all signs point to you've got no shot, kid. Uh, as a matter of fact, statistics state that if your parent's are an addict, you have a 50% chance of being an addict. If your parents in jail, you have a 50% chance of being in jail. Like if you do the math, I'm 100% screwed. Right? Like <laughs> there, There's no right way that, that I could go. But I had one little special tool in my toolbox when I was a kid. And growing up was that even though my parents uh, had their own poor made their own poor choices and had their own demons, they loved me unconditionally. Mm. And I really think that was the reason I was able to kind of overcome a lot of those things and not let that define me. Um, and then, of course, some pieces along the way, and I'm sure we'll break down the story and how I got to where I am now. But um, I think that's such a key. And and it really shows the power of unconditional love um, because they supported me. They told me to go big. They told me to dream big. Every dumb idea I had as a kid and as an adult, they'd say, "Yo, go ahead and do it. Uh, and I think that was the key for me to at least take the first step into creating the life that I have now.
0: Wow. So let's talk about the unconditional love then, because, you know, for myself, I've experienced that in order to do something radical, you sort of have to have this faith almost in yourself and your abilities. And I think love is very connected to that. So what do you think would have happened if you didn't have it? And how did it change? Because you did?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I I just talked about those statistics of where you would end up. I mean, I think that I would, I would find myself trapped into uh moments of depression moments of leaning on substance abuse uh there was even glimpses of that in my life like after my mom passed away like you know falling into drinking patterns and stuff like that and so i feel like if i didn't have that unconditional love as a kid i I would be stuck there versus allowing myself to stay there Um, Mm -hmm. because we understand that if somebody loves you even through all your bad parts right and through all your bad decisions there's always hope to go, okay, I have hope to create something. And so um, if I didn't have it, I'd be I'd be in a, a much different place, I believe, right? We can't rewrite history. I don't really know. Um, but I imagine I would be in a, a much different place um, because I think, you know, and I've never talked about these things before, so I'm so glad you're going here. But, you know, I, I really do believe that unconditional love is uh, the way to change the world. And, and I think that I'm just kind of an example of that. Um, And again, that was just the catalyst. And there's so many other things that have happened. But if we're able to do that on a larger scale, imagine how different the world would be, right? Like, I I know it's easier said than done. But like, I I believe that if there was unconditional love for your fellow man and woman, we wouldn't have wars, we wouldn't have, you know, homeless, we wouldn't have people starving. And so I think that's the catalyst for greatness, you know, across the board, for sure. And I think I hope I answered your question. (laughs)
0: you definitely did. And just the fact that that is, you know, the way that you see the world, it's, it shows why you've been so successful in what you're doing, because you are not driven by, you know, power and greed and all these things that a lot of people are, but you see actually what's underneath it all. And that because you had this love and you valued it, you were able to create more of it and create things from that place of goodness. Um, And I also want to point out the fact that You know, you did pick yourself up when things were difficult, too, because it wasn't all just, you know, obviously roses and sunshine. And I think one of the hardest things to do is to pick yourself up when you're down. I understand from firsthand experience, you know, when you feel down, you feel down and maybe you doubt yourself. Right. Especially if someone you love is gone. You know, how did you get through those tough times?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think relationships in your life are the most important, most powerful, most valuable thing you could possibly have. And so when I look at the ups and downs that I went through, both as an entrepreneur and as a person, uh, you know, personal struggles and professional struggles, it was always the people that I chose to spend my time with. Right? We all know the quote, "You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with." Uh, and the reason that quote's so famous is because it's true, right? Like, it, like it's a hundred percent true. And as I went through those times, I always had the right person in my let, lack of a better term, my toolbox to say, hey, I I, I need you for this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's really about building those valuable relationships during times. Right. And, you know, obviously when my mom passed away and this is a great example of, you know, utilizing your relationships in order to overcome certain things. My mom passed away three months before, four months before I launched the podcast, something along those lines. And um It was a shocking thing. We didn't know she was going to die. It wasn't like she was sick or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so it was very, very abrupt and very like out of nowhere. Obviously, she had her addiction and we knew she wasn't healthy, but she also wasn't suffering from anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when she passed away, it was the worst day of my life. And I went on a three month bender where I was blackout drunk six nights a week. And I was numbing pain. Right. I refused to feel that emotion. At those times. And at that time, I had a coach and a mentor. She was a spiritual mentor and a relationship mentor for me, helping me kind of navigate some things that I was going through. And she called me one day and she goes, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm going out for drinks with some friends. And she goes, no, you're going to sit and you're going to feel this shit. (laughs) and i was like okay i guess i guess that's what i'm doing right and she was holding me accountable and that's why relationships are so important and that night was terrible like i felt every emotion i allowed myself to cry i allowed myself to go through all those things but when i woke up the next morning there was a weight lifted off of my shoulder right Mm -hmm. after i allowed myself to feel those emotions i was like oh wow i can breathe right Mm -hmm. and now i know that i can feel a certain way and and i don't have to run from those emotions But I also realized two massive things. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One, I realized my mom didn't die because she was an addict. Mm
0: -hmm. My mom
1: died because she didn't love herself.
0: Mm.
1: And then I also realized in that moment that I didn't love myself. And so I went on a journey of really figuring out how do I love myself? Mm-hmm. What is this whole thing of self-love? And if you go back early on in the podcast, you hear me asking the guests, like, what's self-love? <laughs> how do you how do you find happiness when you feel like you have no hope? Like those types of questions is where I really began the podcast because I needed the answers. Right. And so it was it really became a journey for me. And so obviously, this very long answer, like when you are in a rock bottom moment, the people you surround yourself with. Are the most important, and when you are winning and when everything is going great, the people you surround yourself with is the most important. And so we can get into this if you want to. We don't have to, uh, but I've developed the specific five people you should have in your in your life, like archetypes, and I'm writing a book about it now, which is super exciting. Yeah, um, that's amazing. But but it's really, I was doing it naturally without realizing it, and I looked back and I was like, well, who are these people? And I realized they all played certain roles in my life. Uh, and they all were super powerful in in who I in a role that I've become of the person I've become as I stutter through my words. But those five individuals have changed my life, and so I was like, let me dissect this a little bit, and I was able to.
0: Yeah, well, what are these roles so that everyone listening, you know, it's not a cliffhanger here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always good. Actually, wait till the end of the show; we'll go through them. Um, <laughs> no, so I really kind of broke it down. I was like, who are these people? What roles do they play in my life? Uh, And how important is it? And the first person that came up was the cheerleader. Mm. Uh, And this is the person that like literally thinks the world of you, will cheer you through every single thing. Like you call them up and say from an entrepreneurial standpoint, say you call them and you go, I've got this business idea. I think it's a million dollar idea. And they go, yes, you're a rock star. It's not a million dollar idea. It's a billion dollar idea. And that when you hang up that phone, you feel like you can run through a brick wall. That's the first person. The Mm -hmm. second person is the bruiser. The bruiser is the person who challenges you and says, are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you sure that's the right way to go about it? Well, what, and, and they really kind of make you look in the mirror and go, what am I doing? What can I do differently? What can I do better? How can I approach things differently? Um, and that's such an important role in, in your life because if everybody's your cheerleader, you're never going to learn, right? You're never going to do better things. So the bruisers are important, but I want to put an asterisk next to the bruiser. Uh, this is not an abuser. Mm-hmm. Like you need to make sure that this person is doing this from a place of love, uh, from a place of you know, also kind of secretly being your cheerleader, just in a rougher way. Yeah. The third person is the softy. So this is the person when ev- all, when everything fails around you and you just want to cry, they let you cry, right? That shoulder to cry on, that person that can help pick you up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we want to make sure they're not an enabler. Wanna, uh, that person needs to be somebody who helps you literally Dust off and stand up and move forward, right? But they allow you to cry first. The fourth person is a mentor. And I look at mentor a little bit differently than most. I believe a mentor is somebody who has something in them that you desire to have in yourself, right? So it's not necessarily like, oh, this person owns, I don't know why I'm coming up with this example, but this person owns all the car dealerships in the world and I want to own car dealerships. So this is my mentor. Mm -hmm. To me, a mentor is somebody who again, has that single trait or multiple traits that you're like, I love that about that person. How Mm -hmm. do I become more of that? And I'll I'll give you a better example. So my mentor is a guy named Fabio Viviani. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's from Top Chef. He owns all these restaurants. He makes a ton of money. Two things. I never want to own a restaurant (laughs) and I don't need to make the amount of money that he makes. Like that's not what, that's not what drives me. But He gives more than anybody else on this planet. He'll give you the shirt off his back. Uh, He's there for you in in times that you need him. And I want to be more of that for people. And so I consider him my mentor. And then the fifth person is a coach. I believe at any given time, you should you should be financially invested in yourself. Mm-hmm. So that person can be invested in your success. And this could be in spirituality. This could be in relationships. This could be in wellness. This could be in business. I've had coaches in all those areas. I believe at any given time, there should be a financial exchange because it holds you accountable and that person can hold you accountable. And I realize that I've had those five people in my life through all my ups and downs, through all of my successes. Uh, And without those five roles at any given time, I would have had problems. I would have had problems navigating my life and I would not be as successful as I am today. And so uh, those five people are really the game changer. And I always say like, go back and listen to that again, write them down. Do you have those people? And one caveat to it is they need to be five separate people Mm -hmm. uh, because somebody playing dual roles isn't necessarily truly fulfilling that one role they need to be in. So it's something to consider. And I think that I think it's such a game-changing thing for people when they realize it.
0: I love it. And as you were saying it, I was realizing that in order for someone to do the role well, they have to love you unconditionally, right? Yeah. And what's really cool is if you are going out to find these people, you can only spend time with people who love you unconditionally if you have some level of self love, right? And so it sounds like this is really a big part of your journey is figuring out how to have that self-love in order to put yourself with others who can love you to raise yourself even higher. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's such a great point and it's true. Uh, and when I think about a role that I, I feel for somebody else, like it's my unconditional love for them as well. Right. Like to see past all of their, all of their, uh, their scars in order to see their potential and then be able to help them. And it's really funny. I think a lot of times when when people hear those five, you should stop and think and go, well, who am I to other people? And a lot of times people go like, well, I, can, I can be certain things, to different people, blah, blah, blah. But deep down inside, who are you really? Like mm-hmm. people think I'm the cheerleader. They listen to my podcast. They see me speak and like, Justin must be the cheerleader. I'm a bruiser. I like it. I am really, really tough, right? Like I'm really tough on people because I see the potential in them. And it's not mm-hmm. about, it's not about like rah, rah. I'm about like, no, no, you're doing this wrong. What else can you do, right? And so when we understand what role we feel for others too, we can play a bigger part in other people's destiny. And I think that's such a powerful thing to understand that we are a, a small part in so much success, even if it's not our own success.
0: That is so beautiful. Um, I'm very curious what the original idea was behind your podcast, like the original thought, because now it's, you know, much bigger than it was when you started, you know, many years, like six years, I believe, or maybe more, you know, what was that first thought for you when you embarked on this journey?
1: Yeah. So it's been six and a half years uh, of craziness and trying to figure it out and not really knowing what I'm doing. And the thing is, the idea of the podcast came six months before I actually launched it. And so, like, now people come up with a podcast and they're like, I'm going to launch it in three weeks. Back then, people didn't even know what a podcast was. Like, I would literally (laughs) tell people I was starting a podcast and then go, What's a podcast? (laughs) So, different world, right? But my original idea behind it was I wanted to, I obviously always wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? Like, I, I was driven by the idea of building my own wealth. I was, in love with the idea of making my own schedule and not being controlled by somebody else. And I did well in the corporate world. I did very well. I was in uh, medical sales and medical sales management and I just hated clocking in and clocking out and feeling, feeling like I was stuck. Right. Almost like a Mm -hmm. prisoner. Maybe that's the ADD in me. Some people are great employees and and thrive in those roles, but I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd start, I started and failed three different businesses. So I was like, I'm clearly doing something wrong here. Mm -hmm. what can I do differently? And I was like, what's, how do I learn? How do I figure this out? And so the idea behind the podcast was I was going to interview entrepreneurs and pick their brain about business so I can figure out how to be a better entrepreneur. I was like, this is, this is a genius thing, right? Uh, It's the greatest school. It's the greatest lesson. It's the greatest thing that we can do to find mentors and everything else in between. And then obviously that was when, when my mom passed away and I had that aha moment and I went back and I realized that I was chasing things like money and trying to create this entrepreneurial success to prove people wrong. Right. Uh, because society said, once you get the money, once you get the car, once you get the, the house, the girl, the whatever, then you can be happy. Right. That's what society told me. And so I was chasing for that reason. And when my mom passed away after the bender and I woke up and I was like, no, that has nothing to do with fulfillment and happiness and everything else in between. And um, that's why it took on the organic kind of direction that it did. Mm -hmm. but with that being said um you know i think the fact that i found my purpose in that moment and i started to talk a little bit more from my heart versus like the mechanicals of of entrepreneurship that's why it started to grow organically that's why the show took off that's why ink magazine came knocking that's why all these other things have have said hey you know you have a cool show we want to feature you Mm -hmm. um because it was it's it always comes from my heart right and it's really me vulnerably opening up and having these conversations. And so um, it's funny, you know, sometimes we have ideas, but we just have to follow our gut or follow our heart, however you you say that. But um, that was really the game changer for me.
0: Brilliant. And will you share with us some of your favorite guests that you've had? Because I've listened to some of the episodes and I love some of those people. So who are some of your favorites?
1: Yeah, it's such a, it's such a hard question. I get this one a lot because I've so over 450 episodes and um i've loved every every single one you hear i've loved for some reason in some way shape or form and the reason i say that is i've i've recorded a couple that i've never released so i can say i haven't loved every single guest so i have a least favorite for sure uh, i'm just not going to say who that is uh, but you know I, there's moments for me right like there's pinch me aha moments of some mm-hmm. of the people that i've been able to interview fabio who I had mentioned earlier, he's one of them, and it's kind of a cool story, right? This is why podcasting is so powerful. Um, I went to an event for entrepreneurs, and and it was a self development entrepreneurial event, similar to one that I host now. And um, Fabio was one of the speakers. Now I didn't watch TV, and so especially reality TV. And I was like, yeah. who cares about a chef? Like I, <laughs> I don't care about this. And he spoke, and when he after he was done speaking, I turned to my friend and I was like, I need to be friends with that guy. Wow. I fast forward a year later, I got him on the show and mm-hmm. he's one of my best friends to this day. Like he spoke at my event in 2019. Uh, we were just texting the other day about the craziness of the world. Like he's just one of my really good friends. And so that was a crazy moment to sit down and he pops up on the screen and you get to have that those conversations, or somebody like Ed Milette, where he cried on my show, right? Like that moment of him like really being able to open up and and it's kind of cool, like going, Hey, you held that space for him. Like mm-hmm. you allowed him to feel comfortable enough to do that. Um, that was really, really cool. And then there's been a couple interviews for like childhood, Justin, which would have been like, you're insane. Like Diamond Dallas Page. He was a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, the, the goalie from Mighty Ducks. He played <laughs> Goldberg, the goalie. Like that was a crazy moment for me. Um, but just, I mean, just so many great moments. And it was all because I bought a $60 microphone and decided to hit record.
0: Oh and goodness.
1: so uh, I just feel really blessed. I don't, so I I can't say that I have a favorite episode. Yeah. I just have, I have moments where I'm like, this is a really cool moment that I'm never going to forget. And so, yeah, I feel blessed to be able to do it.
0: It's incredible. And for anyone listening to a lot of the people Who are listening they really want to do something big with their lives and they're ready to go out there and do it and i think it's just a testament to just starting right in any way shape or form you just had this idea of learning and you didn't even come from that place yet of being completely tuned into what you wanted and your goal it was just let me just go out there and do it and i mean now i've heard people on your podcast like Gabby Bernstein, right? Like yeah. wasn't she Yeah, she's mom? been on twice.
1: I mean, yeah.
0: I love her, right? So that yes. is just so cool. Um and I'm pretty sure the people listening also adore her. So it's just amazing to hear when someone has an idea and they go for it and they come from that really pure place of heart which makes me want to ask you more about it because not a lot of people are ready to just open up and talk about that so immediately, but you were dialed in. Like clearly this is something that you are very focused on. Um, what is that vision that you have for the world from this place?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a really good question. So so first, it's funny. I I still get nervous when I interview certain people. Um, and you, you get those, those moments. But I, w- I want to make a point, and then I'll answer your question. I had big-name guests on my show before Inc. Magazine, before the tens of thousands of downloads, the millions of downloads, the, all those things, right? I had big guests on from that standpoint. And I believe it's because I came from a place of giving. Right. And so when I ask these people to come on my show, it's I, I don't make me the reason they should come on. I don't even make them the reason they should come on. I make the people listening the reason they should come on. And that was such a game changer. Um, and then once you get into a network, it makes it a little bit easier. Like one of my clients introduced me to Gabby and now Gabby, somebody that I, I text on occasion and it's just weird moments like that. Right. But here's the thing. I always say that every big step you take, every risk that you take is very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Right. But as long as you're impact driven and you're making it about your purpose and not necessarily about yourself or the money that you're going to make or anything like that, I always say how selfish of you not to take that step. How selfish of you not to put yourself out there, right? I really believe, and, and this came from a guest on my show a long time ago. His name is Preston Smiles. Uh, and he said that at any given time, there are 75,000 people that need to hear your message specifically from you. And it could be a life-changing message, whether that's you talking about business, whether that's you talking about spirituality or you talking about self-development, people need to hear your story specifically from you because it resonates perfectly for them coming from you. And so I think about the number of people, I think five or six at this point have reached out to me and said, you know, because of your podcast and because of you sharing your story, I decided not to take my life. How selfish of me if I didn't. Now obviously hindsight's always 2020, 20, but this is why we listen to podcasts. This is why we re- we read books to understand that hey, I'm missing an opportunity here to change a life. I'm missing an opportunity because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Cuz you're scared or <laughs> what? Like what, you know, when you really think about it, you could have saved a life. Right. Now step into that. On the reverse side, people immediately go they think about the big vision, right? They think about that end goal. I want millions of people listening or I want to sell out an arena for my live event or I want to do this. And that scares them because, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like that's a lot of work. That's a lot to take in. Like, am I able to handle that? Like, oh no. And then they go, you know what? That's not for me. And -hmm. they literally become frozen in fear and they don't ever take a step forward. But Mm -hmm. I always go, what about that one person? What about that one step? What about that first thing you can do? And then you repeat it and then you repeat it. So the fun fact about me is you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they say, set goals, set timelines, reverse engineer, do all these things. I have goals, but I call them visions. I have big visions for myself and I want to do great things, um, but I don't put timelines on any of my goals. And the reason being is, and I'll give a great example of this. I hosted my first event in 2019 and I was like, at one point, I'm going to sell out a a local arena to me. That's like 7,000 people. I want to sell a 7,000 person arena out for my event. I didn't put a timeline on it, but I was like, it'd be cool if I could double it in size every year. And if I doubled it in size every year, it'd be X amount of years for, for when I got there. And so mm-hmm. I did the math and I was like, cool. That's, that's a cool thing, right? I'll, my goal yeah. is to double it in size every year. So I, I think it was like five or six years I would have hit the goal. Mm-hmm. So 2019, I had my event, sold it out, 160 people. I was like, cool, I'll double it, 300, 320 people. The following year, et cetera, et cetera. But we, we know what happened in 2020.
0: Yep, yeah, COVID. <laughs> COVID.
1: I couldn't do my event. And so if I tied my worth to the goals that I had set, my worth was now stripped from me because uh-huh. of COVID. And I could have fallen down into a dark hole of depression because I tied my worth to, if I don't get that, then I'm worthless, right? So big visions are very, very important because that's what creates mo- movement. But all that matters is movement because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all gonna end up in the same place and that's dead. And yeah. I know that sounds morbid and terrible and weird, but the reality is, if you keep chasing external things for your own internal happiness, you're never going to get there. Uh, and so yeah. I always say have big visions, but I don't like timelines on goals.
0: I love that because I'm the same way. <laughs> you know, I think that also as people are starting out for those listening, you have to really test a lot of different things and find your way, because if you just pick something and then go for it and, you know, put your head down in it it could be completely wrong. So you know, really taking a lesson from you where you had an idea and you had a direction and then allowing it to sort of, you know, grow into something as it goes. I think that's a really good method of doing it, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying just throw things up against the wall and and hope it sticks, but I am, but what I am saying is if you don't hit it in your timeline or what you think, like, oh, by the time I'm 30, I want to be a millionaire. It's okay. Right? Like this journey is a self-love journey. This journey is about finding fulfillment no matter what's happening on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the greatest lesson that I learned, and I think this was a tipping point for me to really figure that out. uh, I had a coach at one point, same coach we talked about with my bender. And um, (laughs) uh, I was going through some relationship stuff at the time, not with my fiance now, this is an Mm ex-girlfriend. And it wasn't good. And she was like, well, how are you feeling? And I go, well, I'm angry. Mm
0: -hmm. She
1: goes, great, you're allowed to be angry. You just can't be an asshole. And this light bulb went off for me, not from the not from the standpoint of like, oh, I can't be an asshole. No, nope. of course, I know that, right? Right. But the light bulb went off because that was the first time anybody ever gave me permission to be anything but happy. Oh, wow. And I had this aha moment of like, oh, wait, I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to be all these things. And at the same time that I'm those things, I can still be happy with my life. I can still be fulfilled with the life I've created And so when I figured that out and paired this up with this idea of like not setting timelines to goals, life became so much easier. Mm -hmm. And when life became so much easier, my goals started to be attained easier because I wasn't trying to force things, you know, I wasn't trying to force that, you know, square peg into a round hole type of thing. And then everything became easier and, and success found me versus me trying to chase it all around the world.
0: Wow. I feel like you have so many things you've obviously thought about and, you know, been working on. I'm curious, is there anything that you really want people to know, like something that you just wish they could grasp or understand?
1: Yeah, you uh, I think the idea of that you are exactly where you chose to be. So take ownership of that, whether you're happy with where you are or not, take on, ownership of it, right? Because the beauty of you, you're exactly where you chose to be. That means you can choose where you go. And that rewrites the narrative, right? So when things go wrong in my life, even if it's not my fault, I take control over the things that I can control, Mm -hmm. right? Like, obviously, when you think about my life and the things that I had been through and and the successes and the failures and all those things, most of the failures that I talk about weren't of my own doing. The drinking thing was. But other than that, it was, you know, my my parents and their choices and all these other things, right? Mm -hmm. I could have played the victim. Um, but I had to take control over my own life and my own decisions. So I was like, great, I chose to be here in this moment. How do I change that? Because I wasn't happy. So I defined my rock bottom moment, right? After I went on that three-month bender and came out of it, I woke up and uh, having all those realizations, I went, this is my rock bottom moment and I'm defining this right now. And I'm no longer going to allow outside circumstances to dictate who I become. And so when we take ownership of that moment And then we say, this stops now. That's when everything changes, right? And it's not even about, again, reaching your goals. It's about taking a step forward every single day from that moment. And and I I guarantee you, life will become so much more abundant for every single person.
0: I think that is the biggest act of self-love that someone could do. Because I know that when I was starting out my personal development journey, you know, in the beginning, whenever I'd you know, touch upon the idea that I chose to be where I was, I was filled with self-hate. It was just, oh no, everything's wrong. All of this is horrible. And I did it to myself. And you just, you get into this place and it took a lot of practice to not come from that place, to learn how to not uh, take the victim standpoint. And I think that all of us slip into it occasionally, but, you know, if those listening can really think about, this idea of self-love and victimhood and the relationship they play and more about what you really want, right? Because if we're driven by that, then anything is possible, I think.
1: Yeah. No, hundred. And I, and I love the way you word things. Like, I think that that was, that was put perfectly. And, you know, the one, I, I spoke at an event one time and I told the people to write down, I am blank, right? I am sad. I am, you know, the person who hasn't reached the goals. I am happy. I am great. I am these. And then underneath that, right. And that's beautiful. Mm. And I think when you say wherever you are, and that's beautiful, it creates a purpose to that moment, even if it's a terrible moment, right? Like I had, I, I mentioned, I had the guy from the Mighty Ducks on my show, Sean, Sean Weiss. Um, he came back into the public light because he became a massive crystal meth addict and was homeless on the street. And was literally gone, almost dead. Like if you look, if you Google Sean Weiss, you can see it. Uh, and he's been able to bounce back. But it came from first of understanding that there was beauty in those moments. Right. To understand that there's lessons there. And, and uh, it's it's put best. I always give credit where credit's due. It's put best by Ed Milette. And mm-hmm. he says, I'm exactly or no, he says uh, life is happening for me and not to me. Yes. Right. And if you can truly own those thought processes, It's such a great thing because everything's an opportunity. Everything's a lesson, right? Like, would I trade all of this to have my mom back? A hundred percent. But I can't do that. So I have to say, you know, this is happening for me. What is that? What does that mean? Um, And then you have to have that conversation with yourself, right? And and begin that dialogue. Uh, And it really unlocks a lot of opportunity for people. And they see things they hadn't seen before.
0: There is so much here and it is so beautiful. So clearly everyone has to go listen to your podcast now. But tell us about this other business endeavor that you are going on to where you help people with their brands and their podcasts. What if someone is interested in this? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so obviously, look, I'm an entrepreneur, right? As opportunity arises, I I say yes. Uh, my podcast that I host is the center of the wheel and there are things that spoke off of it. Uh, obviously, the speaking and my live events and my entrepreneurial retreats and all those things are on one side. And then the other side is that podcast side. Um, and I own a production company. But more importantly, I, I recently started a company called Pod Brand, uh, where we help podcasters get their message heard. Right. Like a big thing that I'm focused on is helping entrepreneurs that want to make an impact, make a bigger impact and make a larger income in the process. Uh, and so what we do with pod brand is we repurpose their, their video content and we do some, some still slides for people that still want it. Social media is so weird. Now you, you, you post an image and nobody sees it. Um, so it's mainly video stuff, but we repurpose their content for social media, totally on brand. Uh, and we help them really maximize their reach. And when put into practice, I mean, some people have plus 983% their reach on social media, which means, hey, look, like your podcast is now being seen, which means your purpose and your message and your mission is being seen by so many more people. So that's what we do. If people are interested, they can go to podbrand.io uh, and they can see the packages we have on there. Uh, and I'd be honored to help anybody help, you know, help them get their message heard.
0: That's amazing. Thank you, Justin. And is there anything else that you really want to share today that you want everyone to hear?
1: No, I mean, this is this was fantastic. Uh, it's funny. I, that last question you ask, I usually end up saying the, um, the idea of like, you chose to be here. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you giving me the opportunity earlier. But this was such a fun conversation. You're really good at this. So oh, thank, thank you. you so much for for having me on. I'm, I'm honored.
0: Oh, no, Justin. And I actually have to thank you as well, because it was when I met you that I really started thinking more about starting a podcast. Like I never put two and two together. but When I spent time with you, I was saying, you know, there's something to that. So I really have you to thank for that as well. So it's been such an honor and just so much fun to have you on. Clearly, you are dialed in, you know what you're doing, and you're on a, a different wavelength than many, which is why you're doing so many wonderful things. So oh, thank you for thank being you. here today. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave me a review and subscribe to this show. And as a thank you, I would love to hop on the phone with you personally and give you any guidance that I can. So just go ahead and send a screenshot of your review to info at thepremiseofpurpose.com.